It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip on Instagram. Book your own trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 542 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, July 1st. Happy Canada Day, everybody. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. If there is a set of free agency moves that you are particularly interested in, Please make sure you are checking out the corresponding Locked On NBA team-focused show. Great local perspective on all the biggest stories from the first day and a half or so of free agency. And oh my god, it's been a doozy. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review as well to all the shows you want to support on the network. It's deeply appreciated. And uh, that is all of the asking for validation that I'll do for today. Alright, on today's show, I'm joined by our pal Josh Howe. Josh, what's up, man? Not too much, man. I'm just, uh, my head is spinning from all the free agency stuff happening. It's, it's been pretty damn crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I knew the, like, the 6 o'clock on the 30th thing would kind of help move things along because it's not happening at midnight. And I guess, like, every year the tampering rules get lesser and lesser. So that's good, too, I suppose. Um, I'm not offended by it or anything. I think it's fine. But the. <laughs> Just the sheer volume of stuff that's happened since yesterday, starting around like 4 o'clock when things started to come in. I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. And uh, we're going to try to break it all down for you, at least some of it. But first, we should get to the one free agent. I guess there's two guys who haven't really signed of all the big free agents. And those are the two Raptors, Danny Green and uh, Kawhi Leonard, being the more important Uh of the two there. Uh, Kawhi has yet to sign. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt and uh, people who are noted idiots 
claiming to have inside information about Kawhi and the Lakers, and there's like Reddit feeds and stuff. I've lost track. I was on the, in the car for two hours driving home from my parents' house, and I uh, kind of lost track of what Reddit account was saying what and who was behind what. It's all I don't understand, but I don't know. Josh, where are you at right now with this? Are you concerned about the Lakers' noise? Are you still remaining steadfast in the he-stay mindset? Uh, where are you at with this Lakers-Kawhi stuff? Um, surprisingly, still kind of where I was before all of this. Uh, I think that's partly because the Lakers are like the one team that's actually met with Kawhi so far. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably why all everybody's talking about the Lakers right now is because the Lakers leak everything and <laughs> Kawhi has met with them and that's like the one team so that's where all the information is coming from mm-hmm. I mean we know that Matt Size Camp doesn't leak anything so even if you know the Raptors are having the last meeting which he hasn't done yet so um, nothing's been leaked from there because partly because it hasn't happened and just Matt Camp doesn't leak and you know Kawhi's supposed to meet with the Clippers I, I don't know if it was either like tonight or early tomorrow or whatever but I'm sure after he meets with the Clippers we're going to hear more rumors about Kawhi to the Clippers too so mm-hmm. I don't know does anyone really know what Kawhi's doing I, I don't think so out of all the guys in the in the league that you could you know hear stuff about like I don't think anybody really knows what's going on with Kawhi and uh you know Danny, on the other hand it seems to be pretty open pretty clear that he's kind of tied to Kawhi in terms of his own decision making yeah um which i appreciate him being open about that it's very nice shouts to harrison sanford keeping us posted on that front um yeah when, when it comes to the Kawhi stuff like look there obviously the noise is troubling and this very much could be the sort of tremors before the earthquake and the woge bomb but i'm still gonna sort of hold off, hold my reservations very tightly before until we get something from Woj or Shams or Stein or someone like that because no one who actually is plugged into this stuff has said anything about the Kawhi thing and hey maybe that's because none of them have a direct line to Kawhi and I know Sam Amick is sort of close with Kawhi maybe he's the guy to look out for but none of them any no one I have notifications for on my phone right now are saying anything about the Kawhi chase right now and you would think that if there was anything concrete in the works you would hear something of substance coming from one of those accounts. So I'm going to hold on to that right now as sort of my little life preserver. At the same time, like, the noise is definitely troubling, and maybe this is all leading towards Kawhi becoming a Laker in a couple days. Do I want to give the credit to the anonymous Reddit account that has nine tweets that started existing three days ago? (laughs) Any credit? No, I don't, because I don't think that will have any bearing over it. I think, like... The, the reporting will be done when the, when it's available, and like I know I've said all along that no one has direct ties to Kawhi. Uh, that definitely includes Reddit people who have formed Twitter accounts uh, with, with no sort of understanding of where they've come from. So, yeah, it, it's, it's just it's, uh, there's just so little certainty right now, and I think it's, you make a good point. He's met with the Lakers. That was his first meeting. Apparently he's meeting with the Clippers either tonight or tomorrow. And he's supposed to be flying back to Toronto, I think, to meet with the Raptors as well. So there's still plenty of time for other stuff to leak about other teams. And the Lakers are the most leaky franchise in the entire (laughs) league. It's obnoxious how much they leak. I don't understand how it happens, but it happens. And so all of the sort of confidence that seems to be emanating from the Lakers camp right now 
Are you surprised that the Lakers are confident? They have no reason not to be. They are the most hubris-stricken organization in pro sports. Good things happen to them just because they're the Lakers. And hey, maybe this all, again, is leading towards Kawhi becoming a Laker and forming the best super team we've ever seen. But I am very much going to hold out any sort of freak out until then. On that note, though, if it is the Lakers, Josh... How do you feel about that? Because for myself, like, I have kind of talked myself into, hey, if Kawhi goes to the Clippers, fine. That's cool. The Clippers are a good team. They have earned this. They've put in the proper work to sort of set themselves up. And on merit, they seem like a pretty deserving landing spot. The home court thing and Kawhi wanting to play at home, that all makes sense. And I'd be happy for Kawhi if he's happy there. The Lakers bum me the fuck out just thinking about this for a lot of reasons. But I want to get to your reasons why they, it does or does not for you as the potential landing spot for Kawhi. Like, how do you feel about this whole thing right now? Because I have uh, many, many thoughts about it. Yeah, it, it bums me out too. Yeah. Um, the main reason is because it's just another, like you're saying, um, like the Lakers have accidentally backwards fallen into almost everything they've done for the last while. And they would do it again with Kawhi because if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, it's because uh, he wants to go home, which was the main reason. And then, you know, kind of having the LeBron and Anthony Davis super team there is kind of like icing on the cake. Uh, But that was always the reason he was going to leave Toronto, if he was going to leave. If you take a step back and look at the larger picture, nothing has really changed there. Mm -hmm. The Raptors are still the best basketball situation in multiple ways. Um, You know, if he re-signs with Toronto, they're instant title favorites again especially with the way um, the rest of the league is shaken out here. So, you know, like going to the Lakers, I mean, you know, people talk about how, oh, okay, it's going to be a super team. And to some extent, yeah, you've got, you know, a new big three and whatever. But guess what? If he comes and he takes the max, well, all of a sudden you've got no money left and you're doing all minimum contract guys and you need a lot of dudes. Um, So you're betting on ring chasers coming. Um, You know, then you've got talk about, Kawhi's health like load management was a big thing obviously this year it's something that's very important to him he's got to play for the Lakers he's not going to be able to load management at at all and if um and if they're going to do that they would be doing it with LeBron because he's going to be 34 and they can't risk him getting hurt so you know there's just there's a lot of I I feel like the Lakers are being a little too hyped, which is weird to say because if they had Kawhi and LeBron and Anthony Davis, yeah, that's that's an incredible core. It's it's the best core in the league easily, but it's it's still kind of tenuous, you know. Yeah, I think I kind of believe in that core to walk to a title anyway. Like I think it would be pretty much unstoppable. It fits perfectly. It's terrifying, and they have Kuzma. They signed yeah. Troy Daniels today, which I guess is fine. And you talked about the ring chasers. That team would find ring chasers. There's already talk of Iguodala potentially working on a buyout with the Grizzlies to go there. Yeah. Obviously, he's not the same player, but he was pretty good in the postseason, and he's not a bad guy to have if you're chasing rings. I think that Lakers team would be really, really freaking good and terrifying, and they might be able to manage some sort of load management cycle where like LeBron and Kawhi both take some time off just because you have three superstars that good. Do I trust their moron front office to find the right minimum guys to go around them to make it an easy cakewalk to the to the championship? Not necessarily, but I think those three on their own are probably enough. And you know whatever other pieces they can get around that Kuzma too, like that that's a really really good team. So I mean, it's, I have it's, yeah. like, 
sorry, they, uh, I was just going to say, like, the, even to just get the cap space to be able to offer a max to Kawhi, they messed up even just trying to do that because yeah. of the negotiations around the Anthony Davis trade. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, right? Like, and there's no way Kawhi's camp doesn't know that going in. Like, these are the kind of things that this front office is doing, like, literally, like, weeks ago. And you're going to trust these guys going forward into, you know, however long you'd be signing with them? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, they would very much have a thin margin for error, I suppose, and thin margin for injury. Like, one of those guys goes down, and I don't think they'd have the depth to maintain whatever ceiling that you would sort of impose on them. But the three of them, I still think, even if... And I know most of the good free agents are gone, and you'd be looking at kind of of bottom-of-the-barrel, you know, ring-chasing minimum one-year deal guys, but I think you could cobble together enough of them that it almost doesn't matter, and mm-hmm. it, it is it, bum, it bums me out because you mentioned yeah. the Lakers don't deserve this. Like they are <laughs> just like the walking, just they are like the one percent, and it sucks. And the the concept of meritocracy doesn't exist because you can do all of the good you want, you can work as hard as you want, you can do everything right, and then the Lakers of the world will come in and win and beat you down. And that, that sucks. And it, it, it blows because they walked into into LeBron because Space Jam's a thing that he wanted to make. And mm-hmm. they didn't do anything properly to develop their young players. They happened to have enough of them because they were so shitty for so long that they were just able to put enough okay guys into a package to make a deal attached to a million picks that is going to sewer their ability in the future to potentially add around a, a Davis, Kawhi, LeBron core if it comes to pass. It's not going to be an easy process and again do i trust their front office to figure it all out probably not but i still think that that threesome is is impossible and is like the instant title favorite and i think that'd be justified despite what's gone on around the league and sort of a lot of teams really sort of looking like potentially teams that could talk themselves into winning a title if things break a different way and that's honestly like I've been okay with the idea of Kawhi going to the Clippers. I've been totally fine with that. You know, like I said, that that'd be cool, and it would also add into this thing that's kind of percolated over the last little while here, with all the moves that have happened and all the teams that have sort of stocked up in the wake of the Warriors being stricken with catastrophic injuries and losing Kevin Durant and trading for D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell for some reason. Um, like, there's a lot of teams next year that if Kawhi goes to either the Clippers or stays in Toronto, could talk themselves into being a real title favorite or title contender and I don't know if we've ever had that before I don't know if we've ever had a season where like 10 teams could realistically say like hey we could win this thing if things break right but I think you'd almost have that like I think say Kawhi stays in Toronto you'd have the Raptors you'd have the Bucks you'd have the Sixers I'll hold off judgment on the Pacers and any sub Pacers East teams for (laughs) now we'll get to those teams in a second but that's at least three teams in the East and out West you would have I still think the Lakers with with AD and LeBron would have a claim. You'd have the Rockets. You'd have, I guess, the Warriors with D'Angelo Russell and Draymond and Kevon Looney now and Steph. Like, maybe they'd be in the running just because of sort of the, the spread out talent across the board. You'd have the Nuggets. You'd have the Jazz. Like, there's a lot of really exciting and fun teams that could realistically make a finals and thus win a title. And I think if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, that is kind of off the board. And look, I'm not a parody guy. I don't really care about parody all that much. I think having parody sort of makes it less special when a team like the Raptors wins the title because it has to take so much for a team that's not a super team to win. And I think that's remarkable. And I think that's cool. And I think the idea 
of watching the entire league try to topple a singular great team is really compelling. And maybe the last five years weren't super compelling because it was the Cavs over and over again in the same matchup. But I do think still the idea of trying to knock off the Warriors, all of their tough battles against the Rockets, even dating back to like the Grizzlies in 2015, all the tough series they've had have all been really interesting. The Thunder series that went 7-2, that because trying to knock out that title winner, that champion is so hard, but when it happens, it's so that's it's that much more gratifying. And so I don't think a super team of the Lakers with Kawhi, AD, and LeBron, which is definitely the best three dudes on a team we've ever seen, I think. Like that's the best one, two, three in the history of super teams, I'm pretty sure. I still don't think that like ruins the league or anything. I just think it's a real hit for teams that actually do things well because the Lakers don't deserve any of this because they're a fucking shit show. <laughs> Agreed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, um, let's pivot a little bit to the other moves in free agency before we get to the one massive move the Raptors made. Uh, <laughs> uh, as I continue to check my phone here to see if anything's broken. Nope, just Isaiah Thomas to the Wizards. That's fun. I hope uh, Isaiah Thomas finds himself. The Wizards are an absolutely unmitigated disaster and are funny to me. Um, let's talk about better East, Eastern Conference teams. So, lots of movement in the East. I Let me ask you this. Are any of the teams that are not the Raptors in the Eastern Conference actually better than they were last year? talent-wise, or, like, fit-wise, whatever. Whatever you want to deem is better. Are any of them actually better than they were last year? I don't think so. Um, the Sixers one is interesting mm-hmm. because Al Horford is, like, they're, they're, like, they're just going to be huge now. Um, I mean, I, and I think they're going to maybe do some of their own version of load management maybe with Embiid and Horford there. Yeah. But, um, and I like Josh Richardson. Um... So there, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that works out. But losing Redick is big, especially for a team that notably had a lack of shooting. Um, obviously, losing Jimmy Butler is big. He was great for them in the playoffs. Um, they kept Tobias Harris because they kind of had to. I think maybe, yeah, I mean, he wasn't very good in the playoffs, but I think maybe he'll be better going forward. So I don't know. The Sixers are, I think, the most interesting. The Bucks are kind of still the same. Um, they lost a couple of pieces, like Miritich left to go. Um, was it? Is he playing in Europe or was it? Yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. So Europe. Um, so, I, but that team is mostly the same. Um, the Brogdon thing is huge. I don't know. The that, Brogdon, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brogdon is the big one. They like. There's all these teams are kind of losing like key pieces that aren't like the biggest names necessarily, but um, just key guys who are like floating around and and uh, are gone now, but have been like you know kind of like net rating guys. Um, yeah. Where you like look at the, the you look at the game afterwards and you're like, man, when this guy was on the floor, they were just so much better. Um, that's kind of how Redick was and how Brogdon was. Um, obviously, the Celtics. <laughs> uh, I mean, they got Kemba, so they're they're not going to be bad by any means. I think um, they'll hate each I, other less. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> like, I think that might actually make them better in a way. Like, I think they're probably still going to be like hovering around like 
fifth seed kind of area. But um, I think they'll be more fun. Like, mm-hmm. they'll be happier in general. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know. Like, the Pacers, the Pacers are interesting, especially if Oladipo can and come back and be uh, Oladipo again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be pretty interested in them as well. So, in in terms of the East, but I, I, I just think, no, like, none of them got significantly better. Um, I think they all just lost little pieces here and there that make them slightly worse, maybe not a lot worse, slightly worse. And Toronto's just kind of sitting here waiting for the Kawhi news. And, I mean, obviously, if he resigns um, and then, you know, he's the big piece. So if Danny resigns, then obviously they're the same team. If Danny leaves and Kawhi stays, still really good. Um, Kawhi leaves, Danny stays, still a really good team. Maybe not the best team. Um, but no matter what, I think the Raptors are kind of still in a really good position, which is kind of a weird feeling to have <laughs> when like you're going into a season where maybe Pascal Siakam is your first option and you've never even had that before, but you can look at the East and say, yeah, we're probably still like a top three team. Yeah, I think of all the teams in the East, I would say the Nets got better. I think Kyrie's better than D'Angelo Russell um, with all of his baked-in weirdness, I guess, like for next year. Obviously, when KD comes back, that's a pretty fun pairing, and I would imagine they'll be very much in contention to try to make finals. We'll see how they build the team around it. We'll see if KD is anything close to himself when he comes back. I hope he is, obviously. That'd be great. That's a very strange fake deep pairing that I'm sure will be very good once it all gets together in a year or two, you know, barring any sort of crazy setback injury-wise. Um, I would say the Pacers are probably, like, a little bit better, but, like, losing Bogdanovich and Young hurts. TJ yeah. Warren's okay. Brogdon's a really nice fit for them, man. And he's a lot easier to root for than domestic abuser Darren Collison, who I'm oh, very yeah. glad retired. And as much as I love Corey Joseph, like, Brogdon is just a way better player. And I think that fit when when Oladipo comes back, assuming he can be something close to Oladipo, like Oladipo Brogdon is a perfect pairing because obviously Oladipo has so much of the ball in his hands. Brogdon kind of spot up, and boy, Raptors fans sure learned that Brogdon spotting up is not fun to be on the other side of, uh, especially in a playoff series. He was probably their second best player at times in that series against the Raptors. Like he was awesome. I would say they're probably like a little bit better, if a little bit less terrifying defensively because Thad Young was so so good for them but hey Miles Turner is really good too so who knows how that all is going to work out I think they're fine I think the Heat will be a little bit better but the Heat will also be very capped out I think at like 46 wins with Jimmy Butler and whatever else they have I know they didn't have to trade Drogic they traded Whiteside which I think is probably good for them Myers Leonard fits a little bit better there they had to send Harkless to the Clippers in that bizarre four-team Sign and trade thing with the with the Sixers. I would say the Heat will be probably the favorite for like the sixth seed, I guess, maybe the seventh seed, but not much more. Like they're kind of the po- like to me their their ceiling reminds me a lot of like the post Rose era Bulls with with Butler on them, where they're like, yeah, this is a pretty good team. They they'll scare you and they'd be annoying to play against, but I don't think they're really threats to do anything dangerous with Butler as their number one and, like, Justice Winslow as their number two or whatever it's going to be, Kelly Olynyk. I just don't think that's a particularly strong roster up and down. They also drafted my least favorite player in the draft, Tyler Hero, and he looked like a, a, a damn, just, like, the, the bustiest energy of anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> but that's, that's besides the point. I think the Celtics fit a little bit better, but also their only big man right now is Enos Cantor and like Robert Williams, so maybe we can hold off a little bit of judgment on them being this like vastly improved team. I think they probably will play a lot of like Brown, 
with Kemba with Brown, Tatum, and Hayward together, so maybe they need less of a center than other teams would, but like Enos Kander is not going to get it done as your only center. They're going to have to do something else there, nope. I think, or just kind of accept that they're not going to have much more than a, a race for a potential home court in the first round on their hands. Um, the Bucks, I think, losing Brogdon sucks for them. I I wonder if you like gave John Horst truth serum. If he could have given... Um, who's his name? What's his name? Eric Bledsoe. If he could have given That's Eric okay. Bledsoe's contract to Malcolm Brogdon instead and let wa- let let Bledsoe walk, I wonder if he'd do that because Bledsoe was so yeah. god awful in the playoffs, man. I can't imagine they're thrilled to have lost Brogdon and kept Bledsoe there. I think it's kind of a a hit against like the Giannis in Milwaukee clock that is interesting to me. Like I think we could look back at a couple years and say, huh. When Brogdon left, things really sort of fell off the rails there, and I wonder if that is something we'll be t- saying in a couple years from now. The Middleton thing you had to do, and I think that makes sense, but, like, what is Robin Lopez really doing on that team? He's just kind of, like, he'll be John Henson, who plays hide-and-seek with his brother in the basement. Like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it'll be kind of, like, I know Robin Lopez is talented and good. He just doesn't really fit what they want to do because they're big shoot, and he does not do that. So mm-hmm. I think it's cool, and I'm glad the low pie are playing together. That's fun, but I don't know how that makes the Bucks all that much better. And Wes Matthews sucks, man. I, I'm sorry. I like Wes Matthews. Yeah. There was a time where I really, really wanted the Raptors to have Wes Matthews on their team, but that dude, ask a Pacers or Mavs fan what they think about Wes Matthews and his ability to help you win games, and I'm sure they will not tell you nice things because he was I think very much disliked by both fan bases he played in front of this season so no I I don't think any team in the East is markedly better I think the Raptors if they don't keep Kawhi and Danny which I think probably if Kawhi leaves they won't bring back Danny just because tax purposes and stuff like that that's probably like the third or fourth best team in the East you know obviously got to bake in a little bit of potential injury stuff with Gasol and Lowry and Ibaka all being older but you have OG coming back, and maybe a bigger role for Fred, and who knows what else they can do. Obviously, Matt Thomas is coming in, baby. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest shooters in the history of the world, apparently. So oh, yeah. I think it would be a pretty good team. But no, to long story short, to answer my own question, I don't think any team in the East got markedly better. The Sixers are interesting. I forgot about the Sixers. I think Al Horford could sort of have for them a similar effect that Marcus Saul had on the Raptors where he just kind of ties everything together and makes it like just kind of makes it make more sense a big man who can shoot and pass good and do mm-hmm. do good screens like that is a pretty good dude to have to try to try together some t- tie together disparate parts of an offense and maybe that's less necessary without Jimmy Butler there that was sort of a a Kawhi light sort of situation with with Butler working away from the offense and Simmons and and Bede kind of doing their own thing but maybe Horford can tie that together a little bit better. I think we'll see like a pretty stout Simmons-Horford pick-and-pop, pick-and-roll combination with like a lot of Embiid in the dunker spot and stuff like that. They'll figure that out, I'm sure. Horford's too smart not to. I wonder about that contract as I wonder about the Tobias Harris contract as well. But I wonder about a lot of these contracts and, you know, they'll be what they are. I think Josh Richardson's fine... I guess he doesn't really shoot very well. He's a good defender, but like losing Reddick for them is big because Reddick uh-huh. is so, so, so deadly. And they so much of their offense was just like, all right, JJ, you go make space for everyone else by being just an amazing shooter who's running around a million screens on a possession and tiring yeah. out 
another good defender on the other team because they have to put someone good on you. Like not having that, I think is going to change how they play quite a bit. And they don't look like they've really added much to their bench. They've brought back McConnell and Mike Scott, and obviously there's things they can do. They drafted a couple guys, I guess, but I have concerns about how the Sixers will look as sort of like a playoff team, you know? Like Jimmy Butler, for all his faults, that dude was a boss against the Raptors, and he scared me. He was their best player, and he's the reason that series went to seven. As good as Embiid was, without Butler as such a good creator for that team, I don't think they really give the Raptors the same kind of trouble. And so I think it's a big loss, man. That that's not an easy thing to recover from. And while yeah. I like Harris and I like a lot of what their individual parts are, I still think there's going to be a real sort of tying it together issue and just sort of a, a like a ceiling issue when you get to the playoffs because there will be certain guys you can kind of pick on. And that was the reason the Sixers lost to the Raptors. That and a, a crazy bounce ass shot. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. None of the guys on the team now can do what Jimmy did in the, in the playoffs where he became the primary ball handler and was, like, running pick and roll and stuff. Yeah, like, and they will they, they will live and die with Simmons. Him. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of scary, honestly, if you're a Sixers fan. Yeah, yeah, that's not... Uh, maybe Simmons figures it out. Maybe him and Horford work together yeah. well enough. I don't know. But yeah, not having like a sec. I guess Richardson did a little bit of ball handling for. He was like kind of their de facto point guard sometimes for the Heat, so maybe he can kind of take on some of that burden. But he's not Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, Jimmy's good. I think I appreciated how good Jimmy is in that in that series a little bit more than I ever did. Mm-hmm. I still yeah, think same. he does not like. I don't know. I don't know why the Heat did all of this just for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> it's. I, I don't either, to be honest. So much went into that trade, man. So much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's an insane trade. Like, I, I think I was entering, uh, I think I was going to see a movie with my mom when that trade broke, and, like, they had got up to the third team. Yeah. And the deal, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a mess. And then it almost <laughs> didn't happen, and then it kind of happened, and then they finally figured it out, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh... A couple of the things I wanted to hit on. Matt Thomas, we should touch on him. Raptors signed him out of Valencia, who I believe won the EuroLeague this year. And he was an insanely good three-point shooter. He, what is the number? we got to find this stat. The 99% on, on an uncontested oh, yeah, yeah. catch-and-shoot threes. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. Or 99, yeah, effective field goal percentage on uncontested uh, catch-and-shoot threes is the number. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Posted a, a total effective field goal percentage of 82% on catch and shoot jump shots. <laughs> That's wild. one of my favorite stats of the summer so far. Yeah. Uh, so for people who don't know, Matt Thomas is 24. He's a former Iowa State Cyclone, played with the likes of our pal uh, Melvin Edgem, who should also be in the NBA. Don't at me. He should be there. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's so good all the time. I hope he's on the national team this summer. And he, yeah, 24 years old, 6'4", shooting guard. Maybe some Danny Green insurance, I guess. Like, you could, I guess if Norm, if Green leaves and Norm steps in to be the starting two, 
Maybe you just have Thomas be the backup too. I'm not really sure with these Euro guys how much you're expecting them to play right away, but I would just assume from what I've read of people who know European basketball, typically guys who shoot like this, like shoot this proficiently, will usually find a spot. Whether or not he can pass it on defense, who knows, but um, it's never a bad thing to have a lot of shooting on your team, I suppose. It'll be better than Jody Meeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what I had him kind of like locked down as was like the Jody Meeks replacement. Um, and like, I mean, I watched some film on him today, not a ton, but mm-hmm. I wanted to see his uh, some more of his game from other than just like he can shoot, which is basically his game. But like, there's different ways to shoot, and thankfully, he looks like he can shoot off the dribble pretty consistently, which mm-hmm. is great. And he doesn't just like stand around in the corner if you don't need him to. He'll he'll move around and Steph Curry like he'll relocate after he's passed the ball, stuff like that, which is great. He can kind of operate in the pick and roll a little bit. Uh, has a tiny bit of playmaking ability, which is kind of nice to see. Um, and he was a uh, he had some nice games with the the Lakers in summer league a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. 2017. He was on that team, so yeah, he, he looks good. Um, I, you know, obviously the shooting is the biggest asset for the Raptors. Yeah, he's just going to be a guy kind of at the end of the bench, like I said, Jody Meeks role. But uh, um, still, it's kind of nice to know that he's not like all he can do is just spot up. Like he can do a little bit more than that. And the smart cap people, our friends, uh, Blake and Daniel Hackett, have uh, passed along the info that with it being a three-year deal worth $4.2 million for Matt Thomas, it will be using up part of the mid-level exception for the Raptors this year. Uh, mm-hmm. But because it's more than two years, you can only do a two-year deal with the Emma, or sorry, with the, uh, what, the minimum contract. Uh, yeah, the yeah, minimum is only two years at most, so... This will be part of the MLE. That's fine. That doesn't matter a whole lot for the Raptors' purposes. They'll have, I think, depending on what sort of slot they fall in, they may have like 5 or 4.9, 4.6, something like that to work with with another signing. If they are in the tax, uh, I, I don't exactly know how the tax things break down because uh, I'm not smart enough for this, and it also doesn't translate super well to, to podcast, no matter how much uh, Nate and Danny might want to make it sound like it does. Uh <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Matt Thomas, that's cool. Last thing, uh, the San Antonio Spurs signed Damari Carroll, which is fun, uh, and he will be playing alongside DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gay, Marco Bellinelli, and Jakob Pertl. The Memphis Grizzlies are bringing back Jonas Valanciunas, I think DeLon Wright as well. I don't know if that's confirmed yet or not, or if there's even a number out there, but it sounds like they want DeLon Wright back, so we'll assume he's going back. CJ yeah. Miles opted into his deal, and then Bruno Caboclo was there too. A couple of Canadians, you got Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks. My question to you is, Josh, what team deserves the official title of Bizarro Raptors? It was very obviously the Grizzlies, I think, because of the trade and because Bruno was doing things for them, but I am sort of maybe thinking it might be the Spurs now. I, I don't know. What is the more Bizarro Raptors-y team to you? Um, it's still the Grizzlies for me. <laughs> uh, partly just because not just the Raptors guys, but they also had like um, a couple Canadians. Like, they drafted Brandon Clark mm-hmm. uh, to the team, which was cool. So just another Canadian on the roster as well. So they kind of have now like a vibe that it's not just like it's just Raptors. It's like there's actual Canadians there as well. Um, so that's kind of cool. And then yeah, like I think Delon Wright. I think they extended the qualifying offer to him. But uh, other than that, I'm not really sure what the, how that situation is going in restricted free agency. And then they brought back Jonas for like 15 mil a year, which is a bargain, dare I say? Yeah, uh, I was 
I thought that was kind of exactly the deal he was going to get, actually, after he opted out. I figured he was going to make 17, yeah. but maybe he was trying to strike on a summer with a lot of cap space and try to get a few more years of guaranteed money. And credit to Jonas, man. He earned that. For, uh, yeah, maybe it's like a yeah, lesser yeah. figure than someone who probably is going to average like 18 points a game this season would command, but I think it's a very nice deal for Jonas, and I'm happy for him, and I hope he enjoys Memphis. Yeah, and I, I honestly, part of it too, I can't deny it, is that that team I think is going to be more fun to watch than the Spurs. Yeah. Um, no matter how much I love DeRozan, um, that the Spurs are just like, and they're always so systematic and surgical, no matter what players they have. Um, and most of their roster is pretty close to the same. And, you know, the Grizzlies have, Grizzlies have some young guys that I'm really interested in, like John Morant, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to watch him work in the pick and roll with Jonas should be a lot of fun. And um, uh, I love, uh, why am I blanking? JJJ, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Um, I love that kid. I'm really high on him. So he should be fun to watch as well, continue to grow uh, in his sophomore year. And yeah, I don't know. Just like I, I had a lot of fun watching that team last year. Like the couple of Bruno games where Bruno was going off, and um, you know, just watching Delon cheering him from the bench and stuff like that. Like I, don't, I just get heartwarming thoughts when I think about the Grizzlies. It's not really the same with the Spurs. When I watch the Spurs, I'm really watching for DeRozan. Sorry, Lamarcus Aldridge, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching for Demar. So yeah, I'll probably watch both of them next year. But uh, I think I, may, I might be sneaking in a couple more Grizzlies games. Yeah, I think the Spurs are going to be more of a depressing version of the Raptors, like the sadness Raptors. Uh, it, <laughs> oh, it's, no. Because, man, I don't know how good they're going to be. The West is pretty deep, and yeah. I think things get might get kind of ugly there. Although, if we ever see a lineup of DeMar, Marco, uh, Damari, Rudy, and Yaka Pirtle, I will really be happy. I think that would be delightful, and mm. it, would, it would please me deeply. Uh <laughs> The, like, yeah, the Grizzlies are going to be a blast, man. And the Grizzlies are going to be sort of in the tier, maybe less good, but they're going to be in, like, the Kings and Pelicans tier of fun league pass teams, I think. Just, like, anytime they're on, no matter what team they're playing, you're very much considering throwing them on. Whereas the Spurs are going to be, like, like, this is going to be, like, Wizards-level league pass attractiveness, I think. Yeah, and there's been, there's already been so many rumors, at least earlier, not as much in the last few days, obviously, with everything going on, but the Spurs were talking about shopping DeRozan, too, so like yeah. he might not even be on the team up to the trade deadline. So Yeah, and, I don't know what team would want DeMar at this point, and that's not that DeMar isn't great, but he's only got one year left, Yeah, and like that's a lot of money to take on for a guy who you kind of have to build your entire offense around, mm-hmm. and like have him be the guy who has the ball in his hands a lot. I don't know. God, the Spurs are making me sad right now. We don't need to think about the Spurs being sad. We need to think about uh, Matt Thomas, <laughs> future three-point champion. Yeah. Jason Capono, uh, who actually shoots, hopefully, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, take it. Any uh, parting shots on any of the Kawhi stuff? Any free agency moves you liked before we wrap this thing up? Um, how about the, the Magic Man running it back? Terrence Ross is back with the Magic, dude. I'm very happy he got the bag. It pleases me deeply. I don't know what the hell the Magic are doing because they only have four <laughs> words. Like, Al Farouk Aminu, sure. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They brought back Michael Carter Williams too. That's certainly a decision to make. Yeah. God, he was so bad in the playoffs too. Yeah, he was. Remember when the he Raptors was. lost Game One to the Magic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. It's kind of like a hazy dream now. <laughs> every time, you, every time anyone tell, says the word Michael, the words Michael Carter Williams to me, I immediately think about his first game as a rookie, and he had a triple double against Miami, and they won that game, Philadelphia. Yeah. Just crazy, but uh, yeah, he's back on the magic. Yeah, I they got to trade Aaron Gordon or something, right? Uh yeah, probably. I keep forgetting they yeah. have Markel Fultz. Maybe they don't, and maybe Fultz is just like a good point guard next year, and it's uh, nice to have so, a lot man. of guys. This is the one thing that bothers me about free agency discourse: is all the time teams will sign like multiple guys at the same position. I know the Knicks did this, and hey, maybe the Knicks deserve to be dunked on, so maybe we'll not consider them in this. But like. The Kings sign a bunch of guys, and the Bulls sign like Thaddeus Young to go along with their sort of crowded front court. And people are always like, "Where are these guys going to play? What's going to happen? There's too many guys, too many people, cooks in the kitchen." And it's like, you know, injuries happen, right? You know, uh, like swoons and play take place, and uh, not everyone plays 48 minutes in a basketball game, and rotation patterns exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, having lots yeah. of guys is good, and having lots of backup in case someone gets hurt and flexibility uh, is in fact a good thing as well. So stop getting too like hyped up on what a depth chart looks like at, at the power forward position for Team X <laughs> on July first, because guess what? One of those guys is going to get hurt. I'm sure of it at some point, and yeah. there will be multiple over the course of the year, and you'll be very happy you have more than one guy at the position because you want your off-season depth chart to look clean and spick and span. <laughs> um, I'm really happy with what the Kings did. I like Corey Joseph there. That's a lot of fun. He's going to be a perfect backup to Fox, I think. I think Trevor Ariza, people dunk whenever, like dunk on whatever team signs Trevor Ariza every summer, but I think that's kind of a smart deal. Two years, 25, that's fun. He will be useful for them. And who else did they get? Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, the Kings are going to be awesome. Fucking Kings yeah. rule. I love them. They're so great. De'Aaron Fox, yeah, Marvin Bagley. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs next year? That's tough because yeah. I don't really know how the. I haven't even looked at the standings yet. Like, let me look at nine. Let me see if I can find eight teams I think are going to make the playoffs at West. Yeah, they finished ninth last year, but like the yeah. West, you know, past few years has been like one win away from you know. Yeah. So I think of the teams currently who made the playoffs last year, I would say. Really, only the Spurs are going to drop out, I would think. Maybe they, I guess it depends. If the Clippers get Kawhi, the Clippers stay in. If the Clippers don't get Kawhi, I think the Clippers drop out. And then I don't think the Thunder will drop out, but I would say the Kings and the Lakers will jump in, and maybe the Pelicans are like the ninth seed, unless yeah. injuries befall one of these teams. I see that. Mavericks, too, maybe. We'll see. Nah, I don't... You're not, not in, you're not in on the Mavericks? No, I'm not in on Chris Stapps. Really, really not. Uh, he hasn't played okay, for like two okay. years. Like, play a month before I am ready to write you in for more than 30 wins. I like Doncic. I like the joke about yeah. how their team looks like the Chernobyl uh, response room. <laughs> it's entirely European. Um... I the Mavs are gross. I don't root for good things for the Mavs, and Chris Stapps might be very gross as well. And I don't root for good things there, so I'm putting the the, the bad vibes about the Mavs into the world. 
I really think the only bad teams guaranteed, like the Grizzlies will be fun bad, the the Wolves will suck probably, and the Suns will be god awful. But other than that, the West is pretty good. It's really really good. Yeah. And even the East, there's just a lot of good players in the league. I think most of the teams make sense at least. You know. Like, yeah. Um, of the teams uh, in the East, like the Hornets probably suck. The Pistons yeah. signed Derrick Rose, oh, yeah. so they should probably fall into the into the <laughs> garbage. <laughs> and then like the yeah, Cavs yeah. and Knicks, but yeah, the Bulls yeah. should be fun. The Bulls will be fun. Um, I, I'm already sending my thoughts and prayers to R.J. Barrett. God, I oh hope, god, uh, I just I all I hope for is that the Knicks won't just ruin his development. I, I was, hope that he's yeah. able to just kind of bypass all that stuff and. I was be awesome. I was really worried about that, but like I don't hate a lot of the guys they signed. I know they're not KD and Kyrie, and I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to sign a lot of those guys. And like Bobby Portis maybe doesn't fit or whatever, but yeah, like Wayne Ellington, Julius Randle, like I don't know, you could do worse for like yeah. dudes to have RJ be teammates with, and if if RJ can be like the number one guy, I don't know. Couldn't you could you could do worse than what the Knicks did? I think. What else were they yeah. going to spend their money on? Hey, well, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, D'Angelo Russell. Like, I don't know. They were they weren't gonna. I, I mean, I, I think everyone saw this coming, right? Like nobody. I don't know who seriously thought they were in contention to to get some of the big name free agents. Like like Kawhi's not even considering them, you know. So mm-hmm. man, I never seriously thought KD was gonna um, was gonna go there. So. Yeah, very real Knicks fans certainly did not think anything good was happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, they're conditioned, so I feel bad for them. Yeah, I do too. It is still very fun. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh, I think we've droned on enough here. I appreciate you very much taking the time to chat with me about all the nonsense, and hopefully this isn't outdated by the time I post it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Race against time against my kind of slow upload speed on my Wi-Fi. Uh... Josh, anything that you would like to plug right now? Um, sure. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at HowVolution. That's where I'm tweeting all my nonsense into the world. Um, I do all my written work at Raptors Republic. We'll have some stuff coming up hopefully pretty soon there. And this week, I'm finally, officially bringing back my podcast. Hell yeah. Writers Write Pod. So that will be coming back in its original format. It won't just me be droning on about like Raptors things that just happened and freaking out for 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, I'll actually be talking to writers and stuff again. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. And, uh, buy Sean's book. Everyone listening to this, <laughs> Sean and Alex wrote the book. It's so good. Uh, we, the champs buy it. It's awesome. Get it. Thank you, man. That's very nice of you. Yeah. We, the champs buy it, get it. Uh, Indigo, uh, Amazon, triumphbooks.com. I think it's in Costco. It's all over the place if you want to uh, buy a copy or five. I'd very much appreciate it. Alex would very much appreciate it. And uh, nice response from the people as well. And I'd appreciate it deeply. You can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe, rate, review to this podcast and all the Locked On shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and the Himalaya as well. And you can uh, keep an eye out. We'll have another podcast, I'm guessing, on Tuesday if something breaks Kawhi related or something I don't know but until then thank you so much we will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors Hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music 
Download the Amazon Music app today.